Hey you, thanks for tapping in to Untapped Keg, podcast about sobriety and mental health, where we look into different perspectives of sobriety and mental health so you can take something, implement it into your own life. Here, we believe there's only one right way to recovery. That's the way that works for you. I'm one of your hosts, RJ Zimmerman, and I have the pleasure and privilege of being joined by Esther Nagel. She's a recovery coach for midlife misfits who want to have fun and remember it. You can find her at redshoesrecovery.com. She's also the author of Bent Back Into Shape, Beating Addiction Through Yoga. How are you doing today, Esther? I'm very well, thank you. Yes, lovely to meet you. Great to see you. (laughs) You as well. This is going to be some fun. Um, I think so. so. And we'll remember it. (laughs) Right? That is is a nice little uh, side effect that comes when you decide that you're (laughs) not going to partake. One of my favorites. Right? Um, Esther, you know, why don't you give us a little bit of a background about yourself? So, yeah, so I'm, I am a midlife misfit who wants to have fun and remember it. Um, So I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm 50 now, which is still a bit weird and ridiculous whenever I think about it. Um, I'm a single mom. I live in South Wales in the UK and I've just celebrated nine years of sobriety. Um, And I often laugh about the fact that if you told me 10 years ago that I would be celebrating nine years of sobriety now I would have thought you were completely crazy because the idea of sobriety was just horrible um but then I got sober by quite a weird path I had a a breakdown in 2013 and instead of doing the sensible thing I'm not one for doing the sensible thing so instead of going sort of down the you know asking my doctor for help and, and getting treatment I decided that the answer was yoga and I went and trained to be a yoga teacher. And during my yoga teacher training, I learned all kinds of ways to manage my emotions and relax. And I started to like myself, which was quite a novelty. And then halfway through my yoga teacher training, I kind of decided I didn't need alcohol anymore because I had other ways to um, deal with life's challenges. And I quite like getting up in the morning, feeling good. Uh, it was a bit of a revelation. And um, so, yeah, I took it very slowly, getting sober. And um been nine years now. So I, I, I think in, I'm still, I'm not in the going, getting, taking it slowly stage anymore. Um, and I trained to be a recovery coach this year because I knew I've been I tried to do stuff around um, yoga for sobriety and for recovery for a while. But there was always this sense of something missing. And it turned out that what I was missing was actually being trained in coaching and those coaching skills and those recovery specific coaching skills as well. that I, I was I didn't know I needed, but it turned out that was exactly what I needed. Um, so yeah, so 2024 has been the year of me finally figuring out what I want to do when I grow up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> although I'll still, I'll still, I'll still argue with the um, idea that I might be grown up. I'm not entirely sure I can say that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I am also very ADHD, as you'll probably realize as the conversation goes on. That is perfect. You're in the right spot because yeah. me too, me too. <laughs> 
So I knew that we understood each other without even talking. And that turns out yeah. that that's the through line. <laughs> um, gosh, you know, that that is the perfect story that you have. That is exactly what I talk about in the intro is the only right way for to get to sobriety, recovery, being alcohol free, stopping drinking, whatever words you want to use mm -hmm. is your path. Yeah. And it's brilliant. I love that. What drew you to yoga? Well, I was already, honestly, honestly, what drew me to yoga initially was my absolute love of George Harrison and he was into yoga, so I had to give it a try, and I fell in love with yoga. Um, and I was—I'd been doing yoga for about six years or something like that before I decided before I trained. Um, I started going to yoga because I wanted to um, learn to breathe, and then because of the allergy that is causing me some issues today. I couldn't do the breathing part. I couldn't breathe through my nose for a very long time. And so I loved the physical stuff, but I didn't get the breathing. But then when I did, um, when I did my yoga teacher training, I, I gave up dairy products, which helped with the mucus, with the, the blocked nose. And then I could breathe properly. And learning to breathe was quite transformational. Finally, being able to breathe properly at 41 years old was was quite a, an eye-opener. Um, I'd been a smoke. I was a smoker as well, and I had asthma. I had lots of breathing issues, as well as this allergy that gives me a blocked nose. So I had a lot of like complications, a lot of struggles around breathing for many years. And yeah, being able to breathe properly was just such a game changer because it meant that I then had this way of calming myself. At any given moment, I didn't need something outside of me to calm myself anymore because I had I had it within me. I knew how to breathe. I knew how to immediately calm my nervous system down when I was getting stressed. And that was a massive part of how I was able to to get sober because I, I learned to be able to breathe through the difficulties instead of trying to run away from them. Mm -hmm. I really... I really resonate with that because this year I finally started yoga and I also learned that I didn't know how to breathe. Most people don't. <laughs> so when you say that, how can you explain a little bit of what you mean by not breathing properly? Well, if you look at a baby, <laughs> so if you look at a, a very young baby, when they breathe, they breathe with their whole body, more or less. Their belly will expand, their lungs get, you can see they, they're using the whole of their lungs. But then as we grow up, we stop, we learn to slouch, we become lazy in our breathing, and we just use a tiny proportion of our lungs. Um, and what we end up doing is breathing quite a shallow breath, and shallow breathing is associated with stress. So if you're breathing in a shallow way, that is part of the, that, that is how you breathe when you're stressed. So the way that we breathe then tells our body that we're stressed. And it takes then, you know, where muscles, uh, what's the word, atrophy, as you don't mm. use them. So as we stop breathing with our whole lungs, 
the muscles of the lungs become weak and then it is really hard to breathe properly. So then when we come to be adults and we go to yoga and we're asked to take a deep breath and we just breathe into the upper part of our lungs and wonder why we can't breathe for six seconds, it's because the rest of our lungs have forgotten how to work. So we do need to relearn it most of the time. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's one of those things where you look at societies as a whole, for the most part, are stressed, more stressed than they've ever been. And you talk about breathing being that way. And it makes sense because anytime you think about where you've been scared, where, you know, let's say car accident happens like right in front of you or to you or something or something at work is going wrong, you can catch yourself breathing really fast because that's what your yeah. body you're very stressed out and that's your response so if we yeah. continuously take these short breaths of course we're going to feel stressed constantly and yeah. you just saying that made me bring in a deep breath and it's like just how much that does center you and when you're when you're mad when you're angry the last thing you want to hear is take a deep breath yeah but it works. <laughs> but damn if it doesn't work, right? Yeah, it's like it does, yeah. You're, you're like, get the fuck out of here with your deep breath. I don't need to hear that. Yeah. But then you take a deep breath and you're like, God damn it, I didn't want this to work. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually remember the first time I realized how powerful it was when I was arguing with my ex, my youngest son's father, and he was like really pushing my buttons. And I was just about to lose it. And I I kind of put my hands together. So I had this real sort of connection with my body and I took a deep breath and I could just feel it all just washing over me. And I just thought, oh, screw you. I don't care enough to have this argument with you. And we didn't argue. And it was just amazing. It was like that moment of like, okay, so if I can do this when he is pissing me off, I can do this anytime. <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, that part is something that I think we take for granted. And not that, I just think before you start working with breath, before you start even like, let's say go to yoga, but even let's say you're going to therapy and they ask you to work on your breath and they give you different breathing techniques to try that when you remember to do it and you do it like taking note of the actual changes that you feel in your body, because if you just do it and you don't take note, you may not realize just yeah. how much it has alleviated you and in a spot where maybe you would have, you know, went into the anger or um, acted in a way that you regret. You didn't act that way, but you didn't, acknowledge that you did the breathing and so you may not continue to do that yeah it really it really is important I, I, that is another sort of that that thing of focusing on that positivity that that is another thing that I that I've really talked about a lot in terms of my own my own recovery because that's how I got that's how I kind of eased myself into sobriety was by focusing on the benefits that I was getting so, you know, you're saying about focusing on the benefits that you get mm -hmm. when you take that deep breath. Well, I was doing that all the time, like focusing on the fact that I can remember what I did last night and focusing on those, making it a habit to focus on the benefits that you're getting from any change in your life is the way to make it so that it becomes something that you want to do then. 
So like with the breathing, if you if you are noticing, okay, that 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 helped, that really helped. And then you make that your practice. You've got to make it a practice. Any of these changes, you've got to make it a practice. You've got to practice it when you're not, when you don't need it, so that you've got it there when you do. And yeah, focusing on those positive. I think it makes such a difference. Focusing on the benefit you're getting rather than what you're trying to avoid. Yeah, it really that is such a great point. And something this past year that's really changed my outlook too um, in just my life period was instead of waking up thinking about what I have to do, what I have to get done, starting to say, okay, let's wait on that. What do I get? get to do today? How can I have fun today? How can I bring a smile to my own face today? And then that lets you search for, you know, and it doesn't have to be going to get a massage, going to get a facial, mani-pedi, you know, all of what you think of when you hear self-care. It could be going for a walk for 10 minutes, uh, getting up and stretching, um, Mm -hmm. stretching before you go to bed. So that that's something that I think we overlooked too is how we just kind of lay down and go to bed. But if you stretch before bed, it can relax your body and allow you to get into a deeper sleep. Um, That's something you can do too. So focusing on those positives of life is so massive. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. When, when I stopped drinking, I didn't, I mean, I talk about when I stopped drinking now, but that's not how I saw it when I was doing it. Mm-hmm. When I, I, I decided on October the 12th, 2014, I had this like the worst hangover I'd ever experienced in my entire life. It was one of those, right, okay, kill me now, please, kind of hangovers. And then I just kept deciding, I made a decision to be sober every day. So I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about the drinking. I wasn't thinking about not drinking. I was thinking about being sober and I was thinking about going to bed and putting my pajamas on and brushing my teeth and doing all the good things that you do when you're not, you haven't drunk a bottle of wine before you go to bed. And then waking up and focusing really hard on how good I felt in the morning. You know, I'd had a good sleep and I actually had a proper sleep, not a drunken collapse. And I could remember going to bed and focusing on those positives. That was, that becomes self-care as well. Just that that focus on on what you're getting, what is good in your life, what you can, mm. what you are creating, this good, is so powerful because it becomes then that becomes the motivation. That became, you know, I I've never had any idea of a higher power. My sobriety, if I've got a higher power right now, it is my sobriety because that keeps me going. I I cannot imagine any situation where I would feel like any any desire to give up what I've got from sobriety all these nine years is it is so when it changes it completely when you focus on what can you get what what can how can I make this fun yeah 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 I'm I'm actually so I'm coming up on 10 years not drinking December will be 10 years for me and I had a friend ask me because you, when you said, if you'd asked yourself 10 years ago, if you'd be celebrating, like if I, if you asked me two years ago, if I would be celebrating 10 years, I would say no, because it just becomes a part of your life. But now I'm starting to actually celebrate myself. And I had a friend ask me actually a couple of months ago, 
well, 10 years is coming up for you. What are you going to do? And I'm like, I honestly, it was just going to pass. I wasn't even going <laughs> to really bring it up. I'd switch from saying I'm, you know, nine years to 10 years, but that would be it. And when you, when you honor yourself in that way, with that excitement that you're doing this thing that is not easy, that you're getting through the day, you're choosing to stay sober, you're choosing to move through life with your mind intact. It really helps the way that you see challenges that come in too. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It it's it changes how you see everything, doesn't it? And and like you, you know, like I can get through this, no matter how hard this is, I can get through this because you know that you you it reminds you every day you you stay sober. It's another day that you are strong enough to do that. And I think you learn so much about yourself when you get through life's hard times sober um that i think you can't help but grow in strength from it and again it's that focusing on the positives isn't it so you you go you you come out of one difficult situation and you can reflect and you can say okay so what have i learned and how have i grown and who have i become now that this has happened like my mum died last year and that was the worst thing that could have, you know, if anything was going to challenge my sobriety, that year where she was ill and dying was going to be it. And I came through it and I came through it all sober and I can look back at that. And I obviously uh, there's there's this massive grieving process, but I can look back and I can be proud of the person I was through that. And I can be proud of how I showed up for her and for the family and, and how much I role as a result of that and I'm now a different person you know I'm now a, a, a woman whose mother isn't around anymore but I'm I'm aware of the strength that got me through that and it, it's so empowering when you can really you know it's like muscle muscle you know bodybuilders like to look at their muscles in the mirror don't they and it's it's the same sort of principle as being able to look back on on a, on a thing and, and think well if I can get through that then, then there's not much else that, you know, I can get through life. Hope. Mm. Um, and that's beautiful how you, you know, you stated you got through that time, that hardship, because that's, that is so challenging when you lose somebody that close, let alone a mom and showing up for yourself in that way. That is, um, all the best. And when you start to look back at, let's say you can start with a month and then go like six months in a year, you really realize that it's the small moments that you're staying true to yourself that add up to allow you to be where you are and look back at how proud you can be of yourself yeah yeah it is it is the little things that those you know the 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 fact that I can make plans to do something with my child on a Saturday morning and know that I'm not going to mess it up 
by being too hungover and not being able to get up. I get up in time to get him ready for school in the morning. Whereas I didn't always, I wasn't always able to do that. And it is, it's those little everyday moments that you know you're doing so much better and that you're there for, that you're fully there. Yeah. I had a lot of a lot of thoughts about this during the pandemic as well, because I was looking around and seeing all the stuff on Facebook about, oh, it's one o'clock. You know, people just seem to use the lockdowns as, a, as an excuse. And, and I mean, they were all, you know, there was a lot going on. I can understand why people wanted to drink, because it was massively overwhelming and stressful. And, you know, if that's what you're used to doing when life is stressful, then you're going to do it more. And if you don't have to wait until you finish work, then, yeah, I would have. But I was so glad that I wasn't drinking them because I don't think I would have got through the first six months without yeah. absolutely burning my life down. If I'd even survived it, I, d I think I would have just destroyed everything. I would have fallen apart completely. Um, but because I was sober, I, 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 did, I did a pretty good job of almost falling apart completely <laughs> because it was very hard being a single mother and being stuck in the house all day long. <laughs> I didn't yeah. really cope very well with it, but I wouldn't have coped at all if I'd been getting drunk to deal with it. Absolutely wouldn't. And giving yourself that compassion that comes with being able to look back and understand that you did the best that you could, you know, and as you're showing up the way that you are, man, just how much compassion that I can give myself now, I would give anybody, even people who treated me really poorly compassion, but I would never give myself compassion. Yeah. Yeah. It's a game changer. Um, I know, you can isn't it? see yourself also as human. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Isn't it? It's, Treat yourself like you're somebody you like, even a yeah. little bit, and it makes a massive <laughs> difference. <laughs> it really does. I, uh, I remember when I was doing my yoga teacher training, we had um, one month our homework was to spend like to, to really pay attention to the thoughts that we were having and the way that we were talking about other people and the way that we were talking about ourselves in our heads, you know, the, what, what thoughts we were having about everything. And I was absolutely horrified when I realised what I was telling myself about myself on a daily basis. You know, I was like, every day, the stupid things, like I couldn't find my keys, so I'd be telling myself I, I'm... I'm I hate myself. I hate being me just because I mm -hmm. couldn't find my keys because you know, I'm ADHD, so I never know where my keys are. And then once I once I became aware of that, and this was even before I stopped drinking, but I thought, right, okay, so I'm telling myself this. This isn't helpful. And so then that awareness then as well, and, and bringing in that self-compassion, and I thought, right, okay, if this was my child who was having this problem, what would I do? I certainly wouldn't be telling him he was a fucking idiot and I hated him. So what would I do? I would say, right, let's think of a place where we can put your keys every day so we know where they are. And so I screwed in a hook on my dresser and I started putting my keys there. Doesn't always work. They're not always there. But most of the time, and at least I know I've, I've got a space to start looking. And it was just such a such an incredible powerful moment to realize like no wonder I feel so bad about myself 
this is the way I'm talking to myself all the time. I want to shift that little bit of self-compassion mode so that the next time I was able, next time I caught myself saying things, I'd be like, no, you're not. You're not an idiot. You just don't know where your keys are right now. It's okay. We'll find them. Fine. And, and I was always, I was starting to be able to to bring that compassion into myself. And it, it yeah, it, it made a massive difference. Mm. Huge. Absolutely it, huge. And it is. We're not encouraged to do it. No. No, we are not. And that's something, so similarly, that's how I found that I hated myself was my kids came home. I recorded a podcast. Kids came home and I was in a low state and they yelled, daddy, I love you. Um, you know, I miss you. And I was my first thought and I had become aware of my thoughts and things like that already. But my first thought that I caught, which was really, really quiet, but I heard it was, how could you hate such a piece of shit? What is wrong with you? And I realized I was holding it against my kids that they love their dad. And at that point, I'm like, okay, where is that coming from? And understanding that, oh, that's how I've gone through my entire life. No wonder why I can't accept things when they come to me, like things that I've done and I've earned. I don't accept them. I just say, oh, they're just being polite. Oh, you know, they just didn't have another choice. Oh, and it's like, if I look back, no, I worked my ass off for a lot of that. And if I can't accept that, what can I? And so I started with the, you know, I'm okay in the mirror with a shrug. Like that's, that's where I started. And it's similarly too, like, what can I do to make my life and things that I would hold against myself better um, for me going forward or easier or some way that I'm not going to completely hold it against myself. And so I have a basket by the front door where, generally my keys end up my wallet um my chapstick it doesn't always happen but like you said like having that place to start then you can be like okay where was i what was i doing and you can kind of like play it out but if you don't have that place to start yeah you can't really play things out <laughs> yeah it's just amazing isn't it it's like yeah okay i i do that like okay so i didn't put it there right what was i wearing and then you can just calmly take yourself through those steps rather than immediately get angry with yourself and it makes such a difference yeah 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 and it's it it when you start there and you start to get to a place of just being neutral instead of hating yourself like Oof, that's powerful. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Yeah, it really is. Um, <laughs> as you were learning about, you know, becoming certified as a yoga instructor and learning the breath work, what, how do you teach, I guess, um, breathing to people who come through your recovery coaching? And then what is it? Physically, I guess is a second question that we can, I can bring up later too, but the physicality, what is it physically of yoga that helps you to um, relax and get into, you know, a meditative state? So it's all really, it's about awareness. Um, I mean, it starts from awareness and mm-hmm. awareness and self-compassion because what you you know what what people often start to think is oh I can't do it I can't do it and you know 
I've always said when I've been teaching yoga, I said, there's no such thing as can't. You can't do it the way I can do it. And there's people that I aspire to be able to do it like as well. You know, you can do it the way you can do it right now. And you can't improve anything until you know where <laughs> you are right now with it. Yeah. So you start with just being aware of your breath. And, you know, even you can't learn to breathe well until you know how you're breathing badly so it starts with just becoming aware of your breath and you know having day like if 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 i was starting when i'm starting with somebody new i would sort of say right set an, an alarm on your watch or on your phone a couple of times a day or maybe every time when you make a cup of coffee in the morning when you get in the car when you're stuck at a when you're at a light in traffic when you're washing the dishes any time where you can make it kind of a habit just check in with your body, with your breath, and see what's going on. See what your breath is like. You might find that you're breathing very shallow breaths. And then you can just, you know then, right, okay, I could take a breath. And then you can start to notice the difference. You know, if you were to, if you were to realize that, right, every time I get in my car to go to work, you stop before you start driving and you find that you're breathing really, really fast, short breaths. It might be that you're stressed out even before you leave your house in the morning. So then you take a deep breath and you can start your journey a little bit more relaxed. And so that is and, and also noticing your body, you know, like how are you are your shoulders up around your ears? How's your back? Are you hunched all the time? Because if you if you're slouching, you can't breathe properly. So there's lots of different practices that I would get somebody to do to just gradually increase awareness of the breath and the body. Because you can't you can't only be aware of like this section of your body. I'm I'm gesturing with my hands now, but your listeners are not going to see that. Are they? <laughs> um, it's not you know it's your lungs are not separate from the rest of your body. So it is it's related to the shoulders. It's related to your belly. You know if your belly's very tense you're not going to be able to breathe properly. Um, so I start with that and then gradually just get people to practice slow, even breaths. So it might be that if you've got, um, you know, if your lungs are very, your lung capacity is very small, it might be about getting you to do a, a three second breath and then increasing that to a four second breath and then gradually increasing it so you can do a six second breath. So you can breathe in and out for the same length of time. And that can take a really long time to get to, you know, even before you get to any other fancy meditative breathing techniques. If you can just get yourself to that place where you can take equal deep breaths, then you if that was all you did, you would you would see such a difference in your physical health and your mental health and your stress levels and your emotional kind of well-being. Um, your sleep would improve. Everything will improve when you when you breathe differently, when you breathe better. So yeah, I mean, for in terms of recovery coaching, that would probably be as far as I would go with with teaching breathing techniques, just getting people to breathe properly. And then meditation comes from meditation is just that awareness. You know, you you don't have to breathe a particular way to meditate. It's just noticing your breath, just sitting and being aware of your breath, being aware of your thoughts. People think the meditation is about like creating this blank canvas inside your head. It's like I don't think there's a there's, 
maybe the you know somebody who's been doing it for 40 years can do it or maybe i only talk to people with adhd i don't that that's is what i was gonna possible. say <laughs> it's nobody i know <laughs> <laughs> nobody i know ever gets their brain completely quiet and mine certainly doesn't but it's about noticing what's going on in your mind you know are you mulling are you going over the same thoughts all the time you know if you go into meditation and you find that you keep thinking about the same person or the same event or the same you just mulling over the same worries then that is a an indicator of something that you can maybe explore and maybe you want to try and find a solution or maybe there's the conversation you need to have to clear something up so it's it's all about awareness um and again, being compassionate with yourself, you know, I, when I first started meditating, I was quite disturbed that, you know, I couldn't go. I don't even know if I went a second before my brain went, la, 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 off we go. And that's what brains do. You know, your mind is, that's what it does. Its job is to, to keep you thinking. Um, and so being kind to yourself and knowing that it's okay for that to happen, because a lot of people give up on meditation because they think, I can't do it, you know, I can't focus. But with practice, it'll improve. And if you can, if you can hold your attention on your breath for one full breath, that's a success. And then you come back and you do the next one. It's the same as, you know, AA, as I talk about one day at a time, and with meditation, you do it one breath at a time. You don't worry about the next breath and you don't worry about the last one. You just focus on the one you're in right now. It's all that matters. Mm. When, when I talk to people who just start trying meditation and they're like, I just can't do it. And I'm like, Hey, there's a secret that they don't want you to know. Just trying to meditate is the act of meditating. You're doing yes. it. And yeah. that's the, that's the thing that people overlook and part of it is because we have been raised with the school systems with kind of culture society that you're not doing it right unless you're doing it the way that you're supposed to but again with as you say with recovery sobriety breathing meditating it's all about what works for you so nobody can tell you if you're doing it right or wrong as long as it's working for you. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I just kind of wanted to sit with that for a second. Cause it was like, dang. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. how you talked about too, um, starting with where you are, like, it's not that you can't do it. It's that you can't do it like me. It's mm -hmm. not that you, you know, it's that challenging that when we start something, we think we have to be really good at it. And I started saying to people, like, you have to start where you are and not yes. where you wish you were. Yeah. And if you start where you wish you were, you're going to stop doing it. So start yeah. where you are. And sometimes you don't know mm -hmm. where you are. So start where you think you are. And you might have to drop down a little bit. And that's okay. Yeah. That's where you yeah. are. Yeah. And that's it. That's, that, that's, that's it with everything. And that's where self-compassion comes back into it as well, isn't it? Is because... And having the um, sort of the the humility to be a beginner, you know, we we think as adults maybe that we should know how to do things, and you know, you've read about the, the school system that that doesn't exactly encourage effort. It encourages it. It's all about outcome. It's not about effort, is it? Yes. But 
the process you you can't learn anything you know that you look at you know I'm, I'm a massive music fan and there's not one single musician that i love who was born knowing how to play guitar or a violin or a piano or drums they all started being really bad at it <laughs> and they learned because they kept showing up and they practiced and they kept going and they had the grace to allow themselves to make the mistakes because you can't learn without making mistakes we don't learn anything without making mistakes in fact it's the only time we learn maybe is by getting things wrong i think with yeah. a lot of things certainly we learn more when we make the mistake than when we just sail through things absolutely that's part of why when you are yearning to get to the end of whatever you're going through right now you just want to get to the end but if you don't honor that middle, you're not going to learn why that end matters, right? You're just going to say, oh, I just have to get there. But eventually getting to the end is not going to mean anything because you don't know why you got there. Yeah. And that's something that that comes with learning, too. And that's I have found myself very recently trying to sprint through the middle because, let's be honest, the middle sucks. Like you have the beginning, <laughs> the worst part, you have the end where things are better or it's your goal or things like that. And the middle, you know, you're trudging through that, that mud, through the, the crappy stuff of life. And yeah. I'm like, what am I sprinting towards? And the thing is, I did, I don't know. I couldn't answer what I was sprinting towards. It's like, okay, slow down. Well, why do you think you have to get it all now? And that was when I was like, oh, I have to take a deep breath and enjoy how far I've come and where I'm going. Because if I don't, then I'm not going to enjoy when I get to the end. I'm not going to have the lesson when I get to the end. I'm not going to yeah. know why I'm at the end. I might have already been there and I didn't know it because I skipped all of that. Yeah. I'm a, I am I, I love hiking and walking up mountains. And in Wales, there's um, a mountain up in North Wales called Snowdon. Um, it's called Irina is the Welsh name. And there's a train that you can get to get up to the top of it, you know, the tourist train. And I like, I've walked up it a couple of times. And I can't imagine that getting up there on the train... So you're taking your avoid, you know, I mean, obviously a lot of people can't walk up mountains. I totally understand and appreciate that. But for me with hiking, the journey, the joy is the effort, the, 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 the bits that you think I can't possibly do that and the discomfort and the pain. And then you get to the top and your muscles are burning and you're exhausted and you're hungry and you're tired and you want to sit down. But you just get that relief of thinking and that joy of, oh my god I did that look at that I walked all the way up there and it's the same thing isn't it is that that the 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 work of getting to where you want to be in whether it's learning to meditate or or climbing a mountain or learning to play the violin or or recovery and sobriety that journey is such a beautiful part of the process that you know, if, if 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 I could plug myself into something like the Matrix and get Neo, you know, like Neo, I've got a violin there. I'm not very good at playing it. If I could plug myself in and 
suddenly be able to play the violin. I wouldn't appreciate it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, maybe I could go and play with a band, but it wouldn't be me. It would be something, it, it wouldn't have the same sense of satisfaction as if I'd worked to get there. So, yeah, I think that, I think that we, we it's worth remembering that the journey is actually the, the point of it all. The, the middle bit is the point, really. Take yeah. the middle bit out, skip the middle bit, and and it's just pointless. You know, you can you can go on to something like Coursera and collect certificates of from different courses. Don't have to learn anything along the way. You can get to the end of a of an online course and get a certificate to say, yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm certified in this now. But you don't necessarily learn anything along the way. It's better to do something where you actually learn properly. Absolutely, it. And it just reminded me of, um, you know, I went to Brazil for the first time in back in February of 2023. And I'd been promising a really good friend of mine that I would go for 18 years. And finally, 18 years, I'm, I'm going to go and I'm going to visit him in his home. He's come to visit me three, four times. And I go to visit him. And had I gone before this year, I would not have appreciated or been fully present or enjoyed the experience the way that I did. The only reason that I did was because of getting to the point that I'm at where I'm, I'm open to receiving the love that he had to show show me his country, show me his home, show me all of this, but also appreciating how much it took me myself to get there, to, to actually be able to get there. I would have taken it for granted. And I, there probably would have been things about it that I would have been like, well, it was okay, but I wish we would have done this. It's like, I'm glad we did every single thing we did. I wouldn't have changed any of it. And that is something that I continue to look back on that is a lesson of just not running to the end because otherwise I I would not have, I really don't think I would have enjoyed that trip like I did had it not been this year. Yeah, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's something that I look back on from time to time and I'm just like in awe of just how beautiful that trip was and why. And Yeah, just the lessons that like I still take from it is just um it's it's absolutely wonderful. And that's the thing about life. You can sprint through it and get to when is it gonna be easy? When is it going to be comfortable? When is it going to let me be me? And the answer is when are you? Yeah as frustrating as that is to hear. <sighs> yeah, yeah, it's all down. It's, that's it. But that that was, to remember that that thought process kind of occurring to me just before I, I started getting sober, when I, I had a, a sudden revelation that, like, okay, so if I want made, like, if I want my life to improve, it's me. It's down to me. It's just me. There's nobody else going to save me. There's nobody else going to do this for me. Nobody else can do this for me. And it's all on me. And 
I think a year previously that thought would have absolutely terrified me. But in that moment, I found it really empowering. I thought, well, okay, so I don't want my life to feel like this disaster. So what can I do about it? And in that moment, the answer was, I can choose to be sober. And it's a, it's a, it's so powerful when you feel like like you you've got the strength and you've got the, you've got that you've got the responsibility, but you've also got the inner power to be able to do that. So you can either be scared by it or you can be empowered by it. And yeah. Just, and those little steps, like we talked about earlier, what is the small thing you can do today to make it easier for you tomorrow? Yeah. It doesn't have to be world changing. It just small little changing the way that you're breathing right now, right this second. Yeah. That could be, that, that could be it. That And that's a powerful one. That is such a powerful one. It's a bit harder when your nose is blocked. And you can't breathe <laughs> I spent so many years breathing through my mouth because I couldn't breathe through my nose and I don't like it anymore. It feels very uncomfortable now when I can't breathe through my nose anymore. I really dislike it at the moment. Not enjoying breathing right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to be present when you're like, oh, every breath you take, I why can't I breathe through my nose? Yeah. Like it is, it is, it's so much harder. It's so much harder to do any kind of breath work when you're not breathing properly. And and because of course I know I'm not breathing properly now. Yeah. So it's and you know, you could all the self-compassion and I, you know, I, I don't get angry about it, but it's still, it's frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get to the end of this one. The middle of an allergy. <laughs> yeah. Now that the sickness and things like that. Yeah. Let's get to the end of it. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Esther, if people want to keep up with you and connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So I, my website is redshoesrecovery.com and I'm on Facebook, um, Red Shoes Recovery and um, Instagram as well, Red Shoes Recovery. And I'm also on LinkedIn, which is where we've connected. Um, I've got a page on there, but I do as much with my LinkedIn page as I think anybody else does with theirs. Uh, but yeah, I'm on LinkedIn as well. So people can feel free to connect me through there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I've got a Facebook group as well. If people want to join for some, uh, you know, for recovery support, it's called uh, Red Shoes Recovery Stars on Facebook. So people are more than welcome to join me there as well. Awesome. If there's one thing that you could leave the listeners with today, what would that be? So my biggest uh, message that I want to put out to people is that you are not powerless. In um, the addiction doesn't make you powerless. You have got the strength to, um, and you can you can take that power and create the life that you want to live. Um, yeah, it's 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 not stronger than you. You are stronger than it. So you you are strong and you can do this. And you might mm. need support, and that's okay. And and ask for the support, ask for the help. There's lots of help out there. Absolutely. 
that is still a lesson that I'm learning the support, allowing the support. And then it's asking. not always easy, is it? It's not <clears throat> no, easy. No, not especially, uh, you know, when that's a little bit of a hyper focus that I have to do it myself <laughs> yes. with ADHD. Um, yes. <laughs> you don't realize necessarily where all your hyper focuses are until you start to be honest with yourself and you're like, that kind of actually is a hyper focus that I have. Yeah. Why? And that's that's a tough transition to make. Um, yes. Yeah, Esther, this has been such a fun and really helpful episode because starting with the breath and doing these small things and breaking it down in ways that people can just use in their car as they're listening to this or, you know, at the, in their office, if they're listening to this, wherever, you just start by taking some deep breaths in and noticing how your body, sh- you know, the like when you, when you mentioned noticing your body, where your body's at and are your shoulders up? Are they relaxed? What are you doing? How's your posture? Like that is really powerful. And that's something that every once in a while, when I'm really, I'm really irritated and have a short fuse, I do that. And I check in with myself and it's like, Oh, my shoulders are tense. Let's relax them a little bit. And it's like, Oh, okay. Now breathe. And that goes a long way. It does. And do you find that even just dropping your shoulders makes you instantly feel more relaxed? And I think that stress and addiction, all these things, they disconnect us from the body. So the more that we can connect to the body, the more you can, you know, then you can recognize your body's signals when it's telling you. Now, I notice now when my shoulders are going up a lot more than I ever did. So I'm kind of throughout the day I quite often sort of they go oh yeah oh yeah my shoulders are a bit because they now tell me and I notice a lot sooner than I used to before I would be I'd be really like you know shoulders would be touching my ears before I'd notice it was happening but now they just go up a little bit and then I start to feel it so yeah it, it does come your body is telling you all the time what it needs it really is it really is and I, I love that point too the reconnecting with yourself is that is so powerful too. The, the such a great first step. So um, again, this is Esther Nagel. Connect with her Instagram, Facebook, um, Red Shoes Recovery. Go to redshoesrecovery.com to keep up with Esther. Thank you again for joining the Untapped Keg podcast. Um, it's been great. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, me too. So let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. At least we don't make it, we tried. Love you, everybody. Have a great week.